the Internet's most listened to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. I hope everyone's off to a great spring. We've had a little bit of cold weather here on the East Coast, but it seems that we're finally warming up and a beautiful spring, soon summer on our way. And I hope all of you are enjoying it. I want to thank all of you for your support and for your just tremendous email and really the most importantly, telling other people about this show. You know, there are 54 million Americans with disabilities in this country and hundreds of millions throughout the world. As a matter of fact, next week, our, our guest, Tabin Banerjee, Dr. Tabin Banerjee, who is the Executive Director for the United States International Council on Disability, will be our guest talking about what's going on throughout the world but today we're going to talk about what's going on right in our country. I'm so proud and I'm very honored to have as our guest today Dr. Mary Hines, the new president of Carlo University, who I may tell you I'm very honored to know and work with and to have right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, such a wonderful leader, is truly a blessing to all of us. And such an honor that she would join us today. Dr. Hines, welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Joyce, and it's my honor to be with you. Well, the feeling is mutual. I want to tell you from when I first met Dr. Hines, and we were all so excited in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, when she joined as our new president, she is that example of a leader who serves. How many times have I met people that move into positions of power and prominence and forget who they are. And I can truly tell you, she is not like that. And that's why I know she's going to take Carlo to an absolutely new level. So maybe we can start, uh, Dr. Hines, if you would not mind telling our listeners, uh, first of all, a little bit about you and how you've enjoyed it's your first year. It is one year now that you've been at Carlo University, so happy anniversary. You've done a great job. How have you enjoyed it during your first year? Well, thank you, Joyce. It has been a wonderful first year. Actually, I guess August 1st, we celebrate the first anniversary, but we're close, and it is the end of the first academic year, so I guess we can say that my first year is behind me, but I considered it very much my freshman year, and as all freshmen do when they come to a new institution, I use the time to learn, to listen, and to appreciate uh, Carlo. Uh, I learned that I've inherited a great institution. Uh, Carlo is a very special place. It is a, a Catholic liberal arts university. Um, it has a wonderful mission, and everyone is very committed to that mission. We have very dedicated faculty and staff. We have outstanding students, and we have a very committed board of trustees that guides us uh, into our future. So it's been a, a very fine first year at Carlo. Well, I'll tell you, we're just so delighted to have you here for your first year. It doesn't seem like, it just seems like you, I was at your dinner the other evening. Time goes so quickly. But I know that you came to Carlo from Penn State University's Wilkes-Barre campus, 
and you served as the chancellor and the campus executive officer. I'm wondering how difficult of a transition was that for you to move here to Pittsburgh? Well, there were really three transitions, I guess. Uh, one was certainly from Wilkesbury to Pittsburgh, as you've identified, and that was a very easy transition. Um, my husband Ken and I found many amenities here in Pittsburgh that had attracted us originally to Wilkesbury. Um, it's a beautiful town, a beautiful area, uh, very welcoming and hardworking people. Uh, very much of a small city feel. We both grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and there's a lot of feel of Brooklyn uh, in Pittsburgh. And uh, so that that transition was was wonderful but easy. Uh, the other transition was from Penn State to Harlow, and Penn State is, as you know, a very large public institution, and Carlow is a small private liberal arts university that educates predominantly women. Mm -hmm. So that transition was a much bigger transition for us to make. Uh, however, uh, my whole education has been in private Catholic institutions while my career has been in public, large public institutions. So in many ways, coming to Carla was like coming home mm -hmm. for us. And I certainly espouse the values of Carlo and definitely women's education. And so the transition, while it was a major one, uh, was a beautiful one for us. And then the last transition was uh, to the specific community and recognizing the community needs here in Pittsburgh was very comparable to the kind of community needs that I was involved in in Wilkes-Barre. So that, again, was a welcome and an easy transition for us to make. Now you are officially a Pittsburgher and in time for those Super Bowl champions. Well, Mayor O'Connor told me that he felt that it was very possible that my arrival caused the Super Bowl championship. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, let me tell you what, if we get enough Pittsburghers that hear that, boy, you will be elevated to being nominated to the White House. Let me tell you that, Mary. <laughs> That's true, Sam. We have brought her to town, and we won the Super Bowl. So everyone listening to the show, you better pass that news around. That's why we're going to all have to support Carla. We don't want Mary to leave. We want to get another Super Bowl ring. Well, Mary, I actually have a question for you from uh, emailed from a listener, Linda, who is writing to you from Kansas, saying, President Hines, as the leader of a university known for teaching young women, how important do you believe that is today for our young children who seem to have lost their way when it comes to having a strong sense of character and integrity? Certainly not all children, but many seem lost. Well, certainly um, a, a college or a university that's dedicated to predominantly teaching women uh, try, tries especially hard to instill in the students that we have, uh, a sense of self-worth, self-identity, um, a recognition of their abilities and um, the challenges that they are going to face in the world. Um, we do in inherit the students from the elementary and the secondary schools, and so when they do come to Carlo as traditional age students, we want to certainly make sure that their heads and hearts are in the right place as they 
learn materials from their disciplines, they also have to learn who they are and what um, what they need to do in order for them to make their way in the world. But we also attract to Carlo a very large number of adult learners who have a pretty good sense of who they are and where they want to go, and Carlo meets the needs that they have to develop their knowledge, skills, and abilities to advance in their own careers. Yes, that's right. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, one of the questions someone asked me when I became a board member, and I really didn't know the answer, I mean, are there how many, is there a large number of Catholic universities in the United States, Mary? Well, there's a significant number of Catholic universities. Uh, there's more uh, public universities than there are Catholic universities. But if you put together all of the religiously affiliated universities, not just Catholic, you have a very substantial number of, of institutions that espouse uh, values of spirituality and faith. Well, you know, we need that, that's for sure. We all need that. Now, we had uh, one question asked about 20 times from our uh, email, So, and I would have to say that the majority of all of these questions came from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I bet you won't be surprised when I ask you, Dr. Hines, as president of Carlo University, could you comment on how you feel about Bishop World leaving Pittsburgh from Tony in Pittsburgh? Well, Tony, I have to tell you that Washington's gain is Pittsburgh's loss. Mm -hmm. But I believe that this is a, a wonderful opportunity for Bishop Wuerl, and he will do uh, many wonderful things for the church in America by assuming this new responsibility as the Archbishop of Washington, D.C. I studied in Washington, D.C. at Catholic University when I did my master's and my doctoral program, and so I know the Washington area very, very well. And I do believe that Bishop Rural is the right man at the right time uh, in that role as the Archbishop of that very important uh, diocese within the Catholic Church in America. But I, I think that we in higher education, especially in Catholic higher education here in Pittsburgh, will miss his leadership and his understanding of the challenges that we face. Well, we certainly will. And we do not know when the next bishop will be appointed is that correct, Dr. Hines? We don't know when. Uh, we do know when Bishop Earl leaves, which is June 22nd, and that's when he'll be installed in Washington. And so until then, uh, no formal public search will be going on because he still is the Bishop of Pittsburgh. And is this uh, conducted from the Vatican? How is that done? I believe there is a process whereby um, the bishops within the United States and probably all over the world, can send recommendations to the Vatican of people they believe will meet the needs of Pittsburgh specifically. Uh, Bishop Earl himself will have the opportunity to make some nominations of people that he believes would be good as successors to him. Um, but then the final decision comes from Rome. You know, it is a loss for Pittsburgh, but the one gain for Pittsburgh is what a great honor that he is from Pittsburgh, you know, to move into that position. And and I know that he will serve this country very well, especially being right in our nation's capital. But one thing that really surprised me, if I'm correct, don't we have more Catholic parishes here in Pittsburgh than there are in Washington, D.C.? Yes, Pittsburgh is a larger diocese than the diocese that Bishop Rural is going to. 
Um, we have in Pittsburgh 800,000 Catholics in about 215 parishes. In Washington, it's more like 650,000 Catholics in about 185 parishes. However, the size of the diocese is one thing. The influence of the diocese is another. And um, the diocese does include the Capitol and the White House, and therefore you can see how influential Bishop Earl can be. Wow, isn't that great? Well, that, well, he is a great man for the position, and I know he will do an outstanding job. And that is an honor for him, that's for sure. I'm sure that, you know, we will get another leader here, but he is someone that we will miss. Someone we will miss, but not be that far away. Okay, go ahead. We have a caller on the line? Yes. Go ahead, please. Hi, this is uh, Kay Smith. I'm a student at Carlo. And Dr. Hines, I was just wondering, um, how have you introduced yourself this past year to the students at Carlo, and how do you plan to continue your involvement with them and working with them? Well, thank you for your question, Carrie. Um, the way we've been basically um, introducing uh, myself and my administration to the students has been to um, be around the campus, uh, attend some meetings, uh, have opportunities to informally as well as formally gather with the students. Um, we have been following very carefully the uh, the new dean of students and in her role here at Carlo and the changes that she's been making with the student body. Uh, we also have just recently decided that the dean of students, in order for me to have a clearer access to the voice of the students, uh, is going to become a vice president of student affairs and serve on my administrative council. And that will give me a direct line of access to the student body here at Carlo. Well, Carrie, how do you feel about that? I think that's great. And Carrie, what, what year are you in, Carrie? I'm actually um, a graduate student in grad school. Um, going to begin my second year this fall. Well, oh, that's wonderful. Now, what has Carlo meant to you? Oh, it's meant a lot. I did my undergrad there as well, so I was happy to come back because um, the people are amazing. And from what I've seen just this past year working with Dr. Hines, I've seen a lot of good things happen, and I'm excited for what's to come. Great. One of the things I've enjoyed this uh, this year, Carrie, was being invited by faculty to give guest lectures in their classes. That's been a great treat to me. Well, well Carrie, another great young woman going off to help lead this country. Thank you for calling in, Carrie. Right now we're going to break, and we'll be right back with the new president of Carlo University, Dr. Mary Hines, a great leader in education for this country. You're listening to Joyce Fender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The authority in Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display 
their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back, and if you just joined us, we have a great guest today, Dr. Mary Hines, President of Carlo University, a wonderful leader for all of us, and especially for all those students at Carlo. And I think we have a caller on the line. Sister, do we have you on the line? Yes. Go ahead, please. Uh, Sister Margaret Hannon. Sister Margaret Hannon, thank you for calling in. you have a question for Dr. Hines? Yes, I do. Go right ahead. Uh, Dr. Hines and I are good friends, and I'm one of her number one cheerleaders. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, see, you're going to have to compete with me, so I'll have to be the number two cheerleader. All right. <laughs> I'm definitely number one. Okay. Well, I'll, sister, I'll let you be number one. I'm never going to argue with you, sister. You're, I'm number two. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the question I have for uh, Dr. Hines is Mary and I share the same campus, and my office is also on the campus of Carlo. And I'd like Mary to share with us um, some of the things that Carlo does to accommodate students with special needs. Well, I'd be happy to talk about that, and thank you for your question, Great sister. Questions. And I'm your number one fan, too, so that's uh, mutual here. <laughs> um, well, there's just so many things we do. Um, this uh, spring we had 29 students on campus uh, that had one disability or another, and uh, in the fall we had 33. Uh, and it spans the whole range of challenges uh, that people have. Um, so we've accommodated. We have a coordinator of disability services who does a marvelous job of preparing the students for the transition, especially if they're traditional age students, for the transition from high school to college because the services that are provided and the expectations are quite different when students do come to college. And... Um, so she works very hard with them. Uh, she works with the faculty to ensure the appropriate accommodations when we have documented disabilities 
and the university has been extremely responsive to those students. I'm very proud of our faculty for the way that they um, help those students to be successful. Um, we also have special equipment. We have um, special arrangements to relocate classes uh, in order to make sure that the students can access those classes. We've been working on uh, various uh, handicapped accommodations each year, trying to add a few more to the campus. Um, we have um, some uh, specialized uh, services and um, helps that are available with, uh, for the students with hearing uh, impairment. We do uh, have signers with students who are blind. We do have um, books on tape. So we see here at Carlo uh, the, the whole range of disabilities and our services are provided to the students to help them to be successful. Thank you. Well, and I also want to add to that, uh, Sister, that Dr. Hines has been very supportive of all of the initiatives that I have introduced where we'll be working with student affairs to, you know, have seminars and classes. And, you know, our goal is to get more, more women and more young men with disabilities to come to Carlo University because we believe in education for all. So I really appreciate you would call and ask that question. I do want to add one other thing. We spoke uh, with a focus on the students with disabilities, but what do we do for our students to understand and appreciate mm -hmm. the disabilities that students and the, and the world at large uh, have? Um, one thing we do is we do bring students onto campus from St. Anthony's program run by Gary Eisman in Pittsburgh, and they work in the mailroom and other places, and these are, are younger uh, people, and our students adopt them and take them to lunch and interact with them. So that's one thing I think that's a very important thing for us to know. Also, we have just begun a student organization, and it's... Um, Carlo University's Disability Awareness Association. So it's a student club, and it's called TREAT, T-R-E-A-T, and it stands for Total Respect, Equality, and Awareness Through Education. And uh, it's made up, the club is made up of students with disabilities and students who do not have those specific challenges. And we're trying to sensitize our students to the, the reality of um, life in the world if you are a person with disability. And I think that that's going to send our students out into the world with a much better understanding and sensitivity to these uh, brothers and sisters who have these challenges. Wonderful. Yes. I wasn't aware of that. Thank you. And, and Sister, thank you for calling in. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Sister. Well, uh, Dr. Hines, I noticed when I've spent time talking to you and also just reading some of your speeches that you, in your career, you have a real specialty in the area of ethics. In fact, you received the Ethics Award from St. Francis College in Brooklyn. As you mentioned prior in your life, you were in Brooklyn, New York. You also graduated first in your class and then went on to receive your Master's and Ph.D. from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. Now, my question for you is what made you pursue ethics as one of your special interests? Well, the first step on, on that path was to major in philosophy. And so as an undergraduate, um, that was the focus of, of my degree. And it wasn't long before I realized that... Um, 
ethics really underpins everything that we understand as being human. And so there's an ethics um, component to uh, human relationships, to religion, to social and political life, to cultural life. Um, it's, so ethics became not so much a specialty but a, a kind of a constant theme that ran through all of the coursework that I took and then ultimately the courses that I taught. The, the real emphasis in my in my academic programs were in, were in social and political philosophy and philosophy of religion. But as as I mentioned, uh, there is the underpinning of ethics in all of those fields. And you know, I just recently was reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book on, called On Ethics, and you know, here's a man that you know stood up in World War II against uh, what was going on with the Third Reich and the Nazi regime and was actually executed by uh, the Nazis at a concentration camp. And, of course, he, too, was a pastor and theologian and then later had that book published, Ethics. But when you said that it underpins everything, it really does because that's all about integrity and whether you're in academia or in business or anything in life, it's going to have an impact, don't you think? Oh, I think absolutely, and and there is a, a common essence that human beings share that um, recognizes that uh, the basic relationship among human beings is uh, is captured in you know do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and uh, from the earliest ages, I think children have a sense of that right or wrong, and in terms of how they treat other people, and um, it just we continue to grow in how we understand how that plays out in our life, uh, in every aspect of our life. Well, that's actually a question I have for you because uh, Vendor Consulting Services, my company, will later on next year or the end of this year be releasing a program, Paychecks Not Pity, uh, training elementary and uh, high school age and adults with disabilities about the world of work. And I believe that training in any area has to begin at an early age. I'm wondering what you think about that in reference to some type of ethics training in schools today. When do you think this should start? Well, I think it should start before they even get to school, and I think that's the role of the parent to be sure that uh, they can build on this innate sense of right and wrong. Um, There's a traditional uh, age-old theory that the age of reason is seven, and Young people don't begin to distinguish between right and wrong until they're the age of seven. But I'm not sure that that's actually, you know, a, a factual um, reality. It seems to me that even if you watch children at play at the earliest ages, they have a pretty good sense about what what's right and what's wrong. So I, I would say the earlier you can start, the better. But you certainly have to shape the message differently with young people um, at the early grades. Uh, from the way you would shape it for the students who are in more advanced grades. May I ask you now, do you ever teach classes specifically on this yourself, or do you speak about this at uh, at the college and universities or at conferences? Well, the answer is yes to both. Um, I've been teaching in college for a very, very long time, and uh, many semesters I, I was teaching ethics classes. 
Uh, I'm not teaching right now officially in a classroom setting, but I do go in and give lectures uh, as a guest uh, instructor. And uh, ethics is a topic that I'm asked frequently to, to speak about. And I do give public presentations, and I recently did speak to the graduates of Pitt School, Graduate School for Public Policy, and it was on ethical leadership. Well, isn't that what it's all about? Because as we move into talking about the quality of life for people with disabilities and all of our listeners today, you will see how we're going to tie all this together when you come back and we're back from break. You'll hear more from Dr. Mary Hines, president of Carlo University. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. If you just joined us, we have a great guest today, Dr. Mary Hines, president of Carlo University. And Dr. Hines, you did a great deal of community work when I read about your background and when people told me about you with many, many groups. I'm only going to highlight just a few because you've worked with so many. Uh, Children's Service Center Advisory Group, step-by-step, the YMCA, and as I said, a very, very long list. But you also served on the Arthritis Foundation Advocacy Committee. I wonder if you could take a moment and tell our listeners about that work. Uh, The advocacy group of the Arthritis Foundation was a group of people who volunteered 
to learn as much as they could about arthritis, um, and then to speak on behalf of uh, people with arthritis, uh, either as an educational um, initiative or as a fundraising initiative for the foundation itself. And what surprised people the most about the information that we would share was how many children have arthritis. The myth that arthritis is an all-people's disease um, was dispelled in any of those sessions where we made presentations on the state of arthritis in the country and uh, how many young people suffer from it. Well, and of course, as my listeners know, that is a disability. Um, And one thing I was excited about with your background is, of course, personally and through your own volunteer work, you're very familiar with disability and the way people are treated and the way people are ignored and, unfortunately, left behind. For example, many college students with disabilities do not find employment at the same rate as non-disabled students. COSD last year uh, published their survey that stated only 2% of non-disabled students are unemployed. And again, now they're meaning even if it's work at, you know, a fast food restaurant, any type of work they're including. But 40% of college students with significant disabilities are unemployed. And I'm wondering why you think that is and what you think we can do at Carlo University to help. Well, certainly the work that you do, Joyce, um, in your organization and even through this program um, identifies some of the causes for that kind of discrepancy in employment. Um, I, you know, it's, it seems to me that the main reasons why employers hesitate to hire people with significant disabilities are um, a lack of education. Um, they don't understand the reality that these people are people with abilities, as you point out so well, um, and that they can be very well served by employing them. There is also the possibility that um, the, the, the perception is that they're going to be viewed as substandard in their work, and um, you have dispelled that with the people you have placed in the business community. I think another reason is that employers could assume that people with disabilities may be more sickly, uh, that they would therefore have attendance problems and um, health-related expenses, thus driving up the insurance costs for the organization. But uh, again, I think statistics show that people with disabilities are just as good or superior to their non-disabled counterparts in terms of their attendance and their job performance. Um, so I guess to sum that all up, uh, it's education. It's, and I don't mean the formal kind of education, but it's getting to, to know the facts. It's getting to understand what the reality is in terms of the benefit of employing people who have significant disabilities. And uh, we, we at Carlo are certainly trying to enlighten all of our students to the understanding that they're um, colleague students who do have disabilities are performing at the same or maybe even better in some cases level as they are in their classes and um, will be good workers when they do take their place in the workforce. And, you know, I agree with you 100%. And why I think it's so important, you know, people don't think about this, but what goes on at a university or a college is so important because there are Ivy League colleges today where there are professors 
that endorse, uh, you know, euthanasia for children with disabilities or that have an endorsement that really says in so many words that a person with a disability is inferior by saying that. And, you know, um, that's what people forget is that when you're teaching people and you're at a university or a college, that individual can't, will go on to have a leadership role in the business world. It's all connected. All of this is connected. And that's why I think what you're doing at Carlo University is so important because if we educate enough people, even at the college, I mean non-disabled students, they will go on into leadership roles, and if they get it, it's going to make a difference. Well, we believe that. We even hire here at Carlo. We have several faculty and staff who have disabilities but who are well qualified and don't allow their disabilities to prevent them from working hard and helping Carlo to achieve its mission. So we don't only train our students, educate our students to the value of accepting people with disabilities in every walk of life, but we also put our money where our mouth is and we actually hire people with disabilities. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so great what you're doing at Carlo University because that is anyone listening to the show, no matter where you are, if you're a person with a disability, you're thinking of where to send your child to, to school or college, remember... Here's a school that is walking the talk, and it's also a good college to make a donation to. Now, while I'm on the subject of all the power we have here at Carlo University, anyone from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I have to remind all of our listeners throughout the world, you all remember I just had to play that Super Bowl song on the radio when we were the Super Bowl champions about three shows. Because, you know, if you're a Pittsburgher, we just never forget. We always remember we're Super Bowl champions. And that's because we have Cower Power with Bill Cower here. But I noticed, Dr. Hines, that you brought us this new term, Carlo Power. Can you talk about that? Well, yes. Uh, it was funny because it was just around all of the uh, hubbub about the Super Bowl, and I was about six months into my work at Carlo. And I uh, was listening to and seeing signs about cower power. And, of course, in my mind, I can translate that immediately to Carlo. It's two syllables. It begins with C. And um, spoke to the faculty and staff at my State of the University address that uh, what we were going to talk about that day was Carlo power, that we have the power to change lives and help the people that we serve become winners, which you could translate into successful leaders, uh, who will then take their place in the world. So what we're about is not a game and not about a ring and not about a, a victory, but it's about changing lives for the future. And uh, our mission drives us in that direction, and we're all committed to that. Um, our faculty and staff are, are certainly committed to empowering people, to not just educate them, get them through coursework, but to prepare them for life. And... Um, so that, that phrase sort of just sort of caught on here at Carlo um, around the Super Bowl time. Right now, we aren't using it as frequently because it's not a hot phrase any longer, but we do um, have our current uh, motto or marketing slogan, which reflects the culture of this institution and says, at Carlo, I matter. And uh, that has grown out of 
student experiences, faculty and staff experiences uh, about the way they're treated when they do uh, serve or learn at Carlo. The last play on words that we have used is the word Carlo, emphasizing low, and we say the Carlo is a high care place. So the Carlo power that we talk about is about how we treat other people and how we make it possible for them to be successful when they go out into the world. Well, you know, my great friend and the friend of so many people with disabilities is Yoshiko Dart, who is the widow, uh, or of, as you all know, who has survived, Justin Dart. She's the wife of the late, great Justin Dart, who was just the general in America getting the ADA pushed through behind the scenes. You know, you see pictures of him at the signing of the ADA. He was seated in his wheelchair with President Bush. And, you know, then later on with President Clinton, you'd see him up front. You know, you always see him. And unfortunately, he passed away a couple years ago. But every time Yoshiko talks to anyone who is endorsing the employment and the empowerment of people with disabilities, she says, vendor power, and which she or Quello power, or whoever she's talking to. It's, so she would be saying to you, Heinz power. So, you know, I, I just thought that was so unbelievable you had that term because power is really empowerment, and that, that's really what that new um, program or initiative, I Matter, is all about, is a person being empowered. And if they are empowered, they're going to also remember Everyone needs to be empowered, including students with disabilities. And I just love that. I see that, you know, I've seen that in, uh, you know, different ads, and I, I just think that's great. How, how long have you been doing that? How long have we the been I caring Matter. about people? Yeah. No, no, the I Matter campaign. <laughs> the I Matter campaign was launched in the spring. And uh, there are billboards and, and uh, ads around uh that, that say that, but really the I Matter feel here at Carla, the I Matter culture has been around for a very long time. All we did was articulate it in our marketing campaign. Yeah, that's the truth because for the years that I've known of Carlo and known people at Carlo, even with the Woman of Spirit campaign, it really has always been about caring for other people, remembering your neighbor, you know, taking care of others, and that is what makes Carlo University so fantastic. I wanted to ask you, um, if someone wants to make a contribution to Carlo, how do they do that? Well, they can do it online uh, quite securely by going onto our website, www.carlo.edu, and um, and go, in, go into the um advancement or development page and, and they can donate that way or they can send a check to um, Dr. Patrick Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, who is the director, uh, the vice president for advancement and uh, he will acknowledge their gift. Yes, and you know what? Remember, no matter who you are and no matter how much you have, it's the giving that counts. Everything adds up. So don't ever think because you can't give hundreds and hundreds of dollars or thousands and thousands of dollars, you should still give. Everything counts. And it's helping us make a difference. 
We're going to go to break, and then we'll come back to close the show with our great guest today, Dr. Mary Hines, the president of Carlo University. You've been listening to America's Voice, Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race stars. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. If you've been listening to the show today, you've been listening to Dr. Mary Hines, the president of Carlo University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And she and I were talking at break, and you know what? I'm so ashamed. But even I did not realize that Carlo University is the only women-centered university in all of Pennsylvania. I'm wondering, Dr. Hines, can you explain that for one moment? Yes, Joyce, I'd be happy to. Um, We are uh, not a women's college because we do admit a few good men. About 10% of our student body are men. Uh, But our curriculum and our our mission is all centered on empowering women 
to learn and to lead. And so uh, even men who come here would have to take women's studies courses. They would be taught by faculty who use uh, feminine pedagogy in terms of how they teach, how they run their classes. Um, all of these uh, are tied into the concept of women-centered education. And because we focus on that solely, not just on women, but women-centered education, um, we have not found another institution in Pennsylvania that is at the university level that takes that particular approach to its, um, its educational mission. Well, that is really... So even men would be taking those classes. That is correct. Well, that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Another great thing to know about Carlo University... Uh, you know, when you were talking about um, earlier, when we were talking on the break, about uh, Sister Margaret who called in and how great Sisters of Mercy are, they are the group that sponsors you. Is that correct? That's correct. We are sponsored by the Sisters of Mercy, specifically the Pittsburgh community. Um, but the Sisters of Mercy have uh, 18 colleges and universities around the country, and that's uh, more colleges and universities than any other religious organization sponsor other than the Jesuits. Is that right? Wow. Mm -hmm. And is this where your mission uh, and your purpose all originally came from? Well, the whole mission of the Sisters of Mercy is to serve the underserved. And the Sisters of Mercy first came to the United States from Carlow Island, actually, near Dublin, and they um, started the first hospital west of the Allegheny Mountains here in Pittsburgh. And then in 1929, they started Carlo University. So uh, the, our mission is to serve the underserved uh, and basically um, mainly women uh, in a liberal arts tradition to make them lifelong learners and to render competent and compassionate service. Well, and that they that has stayed from the beginning. It is still like that at Carlo, and, and it's so wonderful to have uh, the Sisters of Mercy as our sponsors at Carlo. I wanted to ask you, Dr. Hines, since you, as the leader of Carlo, how do you want Carlo to be known or recognized nationally? Oh, I think you just captured it. Um, I think uh, a, a, an institution that is dedicated to predominantly educating women to be leaders in this world, um, and we are an institution that delivers on its mission. Uh, that's the way I would like it to be recognized. Which is so important, because then you would have great women leaders in this country, in business, government, or in education, who also would remember, as you said, those people not as fortunate as they are. So, that, you know, that is a great thing. That is really a wonderful thing. Now, how about you, Dr. Hines? You already have, as I read your bio, have had so many accomplishments in your life and in your uh, career in education. But I have asked every single guest for the past three years these last two questions. First, what are you the proudest of at this time in your career? Well, um, the proudest of. I think the opportunity that I have had in a number of different institutions to implement a leadership philosophy of serving, engaging, and empowering others. 
and that has uh, has been a gradual evolution through different opportunities of leadership uh, responsibilities. And I think at this point, being the president at Carlo gives me a tremendous um, opportunity to positively affect the lives of others. And also, um, I mean, I'm sorry I did not mention this earlier. Uh, and by the way, I, I agree with you. I think that you have the power as the leader, just as a CEO of any company, you have the power to endorse various initiatives or business ethics, whether you are at an, you know, an education or at a corporation, uh, but, you know, at a university, think of the impact. You're teaching the future leaders. You have such a great impact. Um, and I'm sorry I forgot to mention this earlier, but when, when Dr. Hines moved here, she also brought her family with her. And I, I didn't ask you this earlier, but how are they all adjusting to Pittsburgh? Well, they're doing great. Um, my husband is going to be soon starting his uh, return to teaching um, at La Roche College here in Pittsburgh, and he is also a philosopher, uh, teaches ethics and world religions, uh, and is an outstanding teacher, so La Roche is blessed to be having him. And uh, uh, we have four children who are adults, and they're all doing very well. And one of our sons is... Um, 35 years old and has Down syndrome. So we are very familiar personally with the challenges of people with special needs. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I've met him, and I must tell you that um, one of the first things that I thought, you know, as a woman with epilepsy and a hearing loss, is I thought, well, this new leader we have is going to be someone who really gets it, and you really do get it. So, um, and, and I'm happy that your family is adjusting well to Pittsburgh. As I said before, boy, you came at a good time when you moved to Pittsburgh. So I'm sure that they have all enjoyed it. Also, good luck to your husband in his new position at La Roche College. So I want to ask you in closing, Dr. Hines, what message, as I've asked all of our guests for the past three years, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, first of all, um, I think that they should all know, and they probably do, that uh, you are doing wonderful work in terms of being an advocate um, and a mover on um, issues related to people with disabilities. So I certainly want to tell the audience that I am very proud of the work that you are doing. But in reference to my role at Carlo, I would like to leave everyone with the with the message that Education is the key. It's the key for everyone to um, advance in their own lives, but also to understand the lives that other people live and to be able to make a difference uh, in those lives, especially um, by being sensitive to the people who are less fortunate. Education is the key, and isn't that the truth? You know, Dr. Hines, even when I speak, whatever age, students are with disabilities, when I go speak to them about thinking more of themselves and investing in themselves, education is always the key for all of us. And, and before we go, one more time, if someone wants to make a donation to Carlo University, how do they do that again? They can go on the website at www.carlo.edu and go to the advancement page or the donation page, sometimes called um, 
development page, and they can uh, donate online with a credit card, or they can send a check to Dr. Patrick Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, at Carlo University, uh, Fifth Avenue, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And let me just say, let's remember what she said. Education, education is the key. Dr. Hines, we always end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, business leader, or someone I believe is impacting the lives of people with disabilities. And today that quote is from the president of Carlo University, Dr. Mary Hines, at the 2006 graduation luncheon at the University of Pittsburgh when she said, leadership is about others. And there is no leadership without others to lead. Leaders emerge at all levels of society and organization and need not have a high position to motivate others and to effect change. How true that is. You can affect that change today, no matter who you are or people with disabilities. Dr. Hines, thank you for being a guest on our show. I wish you only the best at Carlo. Thank you, Joyce. It's been a privilege. And to all of you, have a wonderful Memorial Day holiday. You've been listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.